Android Lindsay. You host the Batch Report in the USA. You also recap. Bachelor Australia, Bachelorette Australia, Bachelor in Paradise too. Happy holidays to you. It's a great track. Hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of The Batch Report, where we are talking about week six of Rachel and Gabby's season of The Bachelorette. Indeed. And what are some takeaways from today's episode? Some takeaways? Well, I don't want to give anything away, away, but some takeaways are that maybe we'll see that just because someone has a great connection doesn't mean that they are destined to be together. Yeah, you're also going to see some backup people. Like starting to shine a little bit? Yeah, but they're going to still be like backup. And you're going to see a baby back bitch. You're going to see that for sure. So let's kick it off. So at the very beginning, they find out they're going to Amsterdam. And Zach and Nate both get date cards. And something I thought was interesting is it's both of their second date. Yeah. So So, they're like one ahead of everybody else. Or two ahead because there's people like Ethan still hasn't had a date. And then I'm trying to think if like Logan hasn't had a date. Like there's several people who just have not had dates. Spencer hasn't had a date. Yeah. So before they go on and get into the deep grimy stuff, uh, Jesse talks to the girls because next week is homecoming. It's like hometowns. Yeah. So they're going to like, one, go and meet the families of the people. And then they're also going to have them come meet their families. I feel this is just like my opinion, but they, it doesn't really feel like they have super duper strong connections with anybody except for Tino and Rachel. Yeah. And even that is very one-sided in my opinion. And Tino is like saying certain things like oh i want to you know you're gonna see it this episode we'll talk about it but tino and rachel to me just very much feels just like infatuation phase like they haven't gotten past that and tino's a competitive person and you're gonna see that this episode too um and so because he's so competitive i think like i don't know if outside of this it's gonna be a long term long term Mm -hmm. i think maybe like two three years maybe they go try to work through it but maybe not i mean i'm open to be proved wrong on that okay so first up we're going to talk about gabby's one-on-one with nate which this whole like beginning of the date was very awkward because they showed the same conversation like three times but on three different streets when they were walking where they'd be like oh what are you excited to see today oh the tulips oh have you been to amsterdam before it was like the same few questions over and over like they Mm -hmm. were both very nervous and they both knew it was happening. I think Nate knew why he was asked on this date. Gabby was anticipating having to do this breakup. I mean, we've been saying this all season. That, as soon as he re- like released, I said he was, was going to get cut right before hometowns. Yeah, you've been saying that every episode. You know, so like it's not a super big surprise that now he's getting cut. However, it, it what is a big surprise to me is how deep of a connection she has with him. Like, she has, like, seeing her tell him 
I know that feeling. I can empathize. Mm -hmm. And I know that like she's having a hard time speaking because she does feel so passionately for him. So I do think she started developing feelings for him on a deeper level. I just think that she has to make a call based on her lifestyle. Yeah, she keeps saying that she doesn't even know if she ever wants to be a mother. So like being thrust into a relationship where she's forced into that role is kind of hard because she doesn't know if that's what she wants. And it's not fair to him to like test the waters and see if that's what she wants. Like it's not fair to interject herself into a child's life and be like, oh, we're engaged. We're going to get married. And then just like decide that's not what she wants and leave. And then the kid feels like, oh, it's my fault. Yeah. And then it just like you just said, basically, she doesn't even she hasn't thought about that because She's not focused on kids right now. She's focused on finding somebody that she may well, or may not spend the rest of her life with. Gabby herself has like abandonment issues because her mom abandoned her. She does. So yeah. I don't think she wants to feel like she's then abandoning a child. Yeah. Like she doesn't want to be that person. And she's like, I want to, I think she hasn't even really, she's probably thought of having kids. That Honestly, those would be some really good questions we could ask her if we ever interview her. Yeah. Because she is at an age where she's probably, like, thinking about it, like, okay, will that fit into my lifestyle? Like, is that something I want in 10 years? Is that something I don't want ever? It's like, like she's definitely thought of it at her age, just because I know from we're also around her age. So it's like, we just know, like, biology standing standpoint, mm-hmm. that's just something that's going to be on the tip of your mind. I mean. When all of your friends are having kids yeah, and, like, everything else, you're going to be huge. thinking about it. Yeah, reproduction's huge, and especially if your friends are having kids. So so this was, like, kind of hard to watch for a breakup because, like, she was genuinely upset about it. And he, like, obviously knew it was coming but was also, like, I felt like he was very respectful in the breakup. He was obviously a little bit heartbroken, too. And the one thing that he said that kind of stuck out to me is he said, make sure you choose somebody who chooses you back. Like, yeah. make sure that, like... You pick someone who's all in on you, just like you're all in on them. They're not just trying to win you because it's a game. Yeah. So I thought that was like a good like piece of advice to take from that. And at this point, I was like, oh, like Nate is probably a front runner to be the next Bachelor. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe. But the issue is (laughs) on TMZ this week, a news story came out or Reality Steve, one of those gossipy sites that... He had been dating a girl for a year and a half and never told her that he had a child. See. And then they're like, well, that's really scummy. And they had like all of these like direct messages and photos and like evidence to back it up. But it's like if you were just casually dating, he didn't necessarily need to tell you about his child if you weren't ever serious. I don't know. That seems like something you want to like. You would think he would at least mention it. Yeah. It's one thing to not introduce them to your kid. It does kind of come off scummy because it seems like you're just trying to get laid and you don't think they'll sleep with you if they know you have a kid. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if that's what's good, but that's something that jump would definitely jump to my head where it's like... Well, if I was dating someone for a year and a half and then found out from reality that TV that they had a kid, I'd be yeah. like, what the heck? You'd be like, I don't know if I can keep dating you because like, what else are you hiding? You know? So I do think that that injures his chances of being chosen as the bachelor, but who knows? Mike Fleiss is very chaotic. So. I never really felt like he was 
going to be like that type of material, but... I think it's because, like, of how he looks. Introverted. I don't even know. I think he's just more quiet and reserved. And I think if you want to be, like, The Bachelor, they're going to want somebody who's, like, a little bit more... Like, you know, you get... You see how Rachel is. Mm -hmm. How she's very, like, okay, guys. Well, and Gabby... Not afraid to, like, It's very, like, funny. Yeah, and they're not afraid to speak up and say, hey... Whereas, like, I think Nathan would let a lot of stuff slide. Mm-hmm. And I also think that he would, like, I don't know, I want to say abuse the women, but, like, he would definitely take advantage of being the bachelor. Possibly. So, I don't even know if he's honestly looking for love or if he's just looking for, like... I think they had a genuine connection. An intimate connection. It's a spiritual... I think he's a spiritual guy. So, let's move okay. on to the group date. No, we have to talk about Zach and Rachel. All right, let's talk about Zach and Rachel. So, Zach gets that one-on-one date with Rachel. Tino is being a baby about it already. He's like, I thought we had this great connection. How come Zach gets a second one-on-one date before I get a second one-on-one date? It's not fair. Like, what am I, chopped liver kind of thing? He's just like... Yeah, Zach has it. a... This is... Zach has a very fallback feeling guy for Rachel's perspective. So the fact that Tino's like getting all like pissy, it like makes me upset. Yeah, it's better for Zach, but it makes me upset because it's like, is Tino not confident in like where he's at in his relationship? Or is he just acting that way because he's a a competitive jockey? Like he just is like, I need to monopolize her time. I need to like do these things. Because I'm like, well... I've almost, I'm feeling like a relationship that's going to blossom into a loving, nurturing Mm -hmm. thing needs to like happen. There needs to be some sort of natural thing that happens there. And like, if you're just monopolizing your time, then that's not natural. That's an outside force exerting its will on that. Tino's gotten a one-on-one date rose and then he's had what, two or three group date roses. Yeah. She's made it very clear that he's the number one dog in the house like Like, so i don't really understand why he's being so like dramatic about it yeah and the thing is is like when she like brought him a glass of champagne Mm -hmm. last episode and like she was like oh my gosh tino like that's the only guy that she's done anything for she's given him a ton of front runner stuff and like he totally acted a certain way that was like you know, you need to step it up, even though she was doing things for him that none of the other guys were getting. And now we're seeing on this group date, Zach, they go to this You mean the one-on-one date? Yeah. One-on-one date. They go to this beautiful tulip garden. And then, like, Zach is like, oh, my gosh, you're just, like, so awesome. And, like, the more I learn about you, the more I'm like, you're the one and I'm falling in love with you. Like, he basically says I'm falling in love with you, you know? Yeah. And I didn't get that reciprocation from her. And obviously, she's not going to say, I'm falling in love with you, too. But she didn't come off as, like, it came off more, like, like mischievous in a way where she was, like, well, it's yes, like, I have a great fallback. It's like know? he had, like, opened up a lot about his past relationship and his weight loss and, like, his journey with therapy and how, like, important that was for him to, like, really learn to love himself And then he says, I'm falling in love with you. And her response was, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, is that really the response you want? The way she said it almost sounded like she expected to hear it. You know, like it wasn't a surprise. It was like, oh, my gosh. And like as soon as he said it, it, she was like, 
perfect. I know at the end of this that he's going to be willing to get down on one knee for me and like be with me. Even if Tino leaves, like I have this great fallback. Well, that is a sure thing. Plus she's created this dichotomy uh, where like she's very fallen into like the princess needs to be saved type Mm -hmm. of mentality where it's like, Oh yay. Like, this two knights will have to combat for my thing, but Tina will come out victorious and save me and, and win my love. <laughs> like that's the whole thing that's happening here. That same undertone underlying story. And quite frankly, it's very predictable and like overplayed. Like I've heard it a million times. It's not like, I don't know. Can we move along from the princess being saved by the knight story? I'd like to think so. So we are going to take a quick break and talk about our sponsor for this week, and then we will be right back. When they say mental health is a journey, they mean it. That's why it's important to prioritize your mental health and wellness every day. When you work on yourself, it brings positive changes in all areas of your life. The long-term effects of therapy can give you the tools to deal with the challenges as they arise, strengthen your relationships, and give you a more positive outlook on life. There's no better time to invest in yourself than right now. You know, we just talked on this episode about several of the men going to therapy, Gabby going to therapy, and I wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and start therapy the same day as you sign up. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. Like I said, you can send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the Talkspace platform 24-7. You can set goals with your therapist, and they help hold you accountable and make sure you're really progressing. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform that has thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. Your therapist can help you set and achieve your goals. And we have a very special discount for you. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com and make sure to use code REPORT to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's REPORT and Talkspace.com. Welcome back. Now let's get right into Gabby's group date, which is probably one of my least favorite group dates of the season thus far. Oh, why? You don't like dominatrix? No, I don't mind that there is a dominatrix. I feel like this put the men in a very, like, crappy situation. And I feel like I hate it when they do this to the men or women when they're on The Bachelor. Like when they make them get into their skivvies or like... Well, it's like they have the guys come up with safe words, fun enough. Like, that's fine with me. But then they start asking them like sexual questions in front of the whole entire group and cameras and having them answer questions. And if they don't answer the question, they get whipped by the dominatrix. Like I just like, it feels cheap, like cheap entertainment to me. And I feel like those are conversations that Gabby should be having one-on-one with these men, not like in front of cameras with a dominatrix whipping them. Like, I mean, Gabby was whipping them too. I think Gabby got a little frisky with uh, some of the guys, too. Well, they had, like, feather ticklers, and we're doing that whole thing. And then she blindfolded all of the guys and, like, put whipped cream on their nipples or nipple clamps or, like, hit them with the whip or whatever, which is, like, it's fun or whatever. And I feel like she was probably relatively uncomfortable with the date, too, and was like, well, I just have to go along with it, so I might as well make the best of it. 
And like she was trying to make it funny. Mm-hmm. But it's like an uncomfortable date. Yeah. You could tell like Jason was asked a question, which they bleeped out like the entire question. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I'll talk to Gabby about that one-on-one later, which I thought was like fair. But mm-hmm. it's like, I don't think people should have to answer. And then they're like, how many people has Johnny slept with? Is it more than 10? More than 20? More than 100? Like, yeah, because that's, like, like, that's, that's more of like a personal one-on-one question that I feel like. That's what like, I was saying. Like all of those sexual questions they were asking, I felt like shouldn't have been asked in that. Right. Because like, if you're like, forum. yeah, I slept with like 20 women then or whatever, 100, 200 women, then you're like, now... Gabby definitely doesn't want to choose you because, like... I mean, 20 is one thing if you're, like, 35, whatever. Yeah. Like, completely normal. But, I mean, not that 100 isn't normal either. It's like Jennifer Coolidge... But if it's out in the open and, like, all the other guys hear it and then, like, you're, like, dating that guy and, like, trying to, like, justify it, it Mm -hmm. becomes very difficult to explain to the other guys why you're going after a um, womanizer or whatever you want to call it. So Jennifer Coolidge, who was in American Pie, she played like the mom or whatever in American Pie or whatever she was. I don't know what she played. I never watched American Pie. But she was also in Legally Blonde and stuff. She said after American Pie, she slept with over 200 men because of her role in that movie. Yeah. But the movie came out over 20 years ago. I did the math. And I was like, basically, that's like one person a month. Yeah. If that. Or she probably or like every slept other with month. multiple so, people in one month, maybe. Yeah. So it's like, when you think about it over 20 years, 200 people, realistically, it's not like she's going out every night and hooking up with a different person. Right. So, I mean, not to like, I don't know, defend, but like when you do math, sometimes you're like, okay, it's not as bad as it sounds. Yeah, I guess so. Like if you're a single, like bachelor We could go on and on about this. Before the second half of the date, Jesse shows up and tells Gabby that Logan tested positive for COVID and the cocktail party would have to be canceled. And I think this is super saucy because it's like she was just licking whipped cream off of his nipples. Like none of the guys were quarantined after he tested positive. Like they're all still hanging out together and hanging out with Rachel's men later in the episode. So what do you think happened? I think that he... Was either found to, like, have a girlfriend back home or was having communications with someone. Maybe he hit on the dominatrix. I don't know. But his post made it sound like he left for mental health reasons. Well, if that stuff was true, though, don't you think it would have got out? I feel like whatever happened, the show wanted to protect like Still, him. though. So it could have been his mental health. He could have been, like, you know, like, mentally, like, I'm at a breaking point here. And, like, I just can't be here right now. Like, they may have chosen to say, you know what? It's COVID. Like, Although we don't need to tell the men about it. Although it might be that he hit on the dominatrix. Or he could have slept because they're in Amsterdam. He could have gone to, like, the red light district. I don't know. I don't want to, like, speculate too, too much. He could well, have done a lot of things. Like you were saying a couple episodes ago that he has, like, he's dated everybody in... In San Diego. In San Diego. So, like... And then someone was like, well, he could have been found... With, like, drugs in his bag or something that they didn't want to, like, call out on the show. If you're in Amsterdam, that's probably the place to get them. Do I believe it was COVID? No. Will we ever probably know why he eliminated? Probably not. Yeah. So, cocktail party is canceled, though. 
And they say it's due to COVID. Yes. However, I think that she has kind of already made up her mind about what she wants to do. Which they did like interview Gabby this week post-show. And she did say that Logan would have gone home at that rose ceremony regardless. Before we talk about that, though, we have to talk about Rachel's group date where they are in Adam, which is the cheese capital. There's lots of making out with Tino at the beginning. And then they do like this cheesy weightlifting competition, which Tino ends up winning. But he doesn't end up getting the group date rose. It goes to Tyler. And Tino throws a huge fit about it because, you know, he held that cheese longer than anyone else. How could Tyler possibly get the group date rose? I just want to also say the town that they're in is super quaint and cute. It's like a town right outside of Amsterdam, I think, Mm -hmm. which is called Adem. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a lot of small towns because I know when I was traveling Europe, there were like these all these really cute, quaint little towns. I mean, if you ever go to see the uh, Leaning Tower of Pisa, that's also a small, quaint town outside of Florence. So it's like not in it's not in like a huge city. Um, yeah, so I thought that it was really cute. And they were always, there are all the guys doing the cheese competition were wearing like that Holland, you know, the, um, shorts with yeah, the, uh, the suspenders. suspenders. So it was like very on theme. Which Ethan almost won this, but he didn't. But Tino did, like I said, he threw a huge tantrum afterwards because he didn't, he didn't get the rose, and Ethan then called him a little baby back bitch while Tina was off pouting. Like, he excused himself from the after party to yeah. go pout outside. To his uh, producer or whoever it was. And then when it got to right before the rose ceremony, like that next day, he was still pouting. Still pouting. And then they announced at the rose ceremony that Gabby is only going to give out three roses. Because that was her choice. She could have brought all four guys to hometown. She chose to just give out three. She sends Spencer home. So Spencer, Nate, Logan, all gone from her side this week. Which I don't really, didn't, wasn't surprising because Spencer has like no chemistry with her and hasn't really made any effort to woo her. Yes. So then Rachel sends home Ethan. Tino got this, the last rose though. She was letting him know that that pouting was... Too much. They must have told her or something. Well, I do know that a lot of times the bat- like former Bachelor and Bachelorettes will say if they have a front runner, they try to make production think that they're not a front runner because producers meddle more with who they think is your front right. runner. So they like to stir up drama. Which uh, So if she yeah. lies and says, oh, Tyler or Zach is my number one, then they're less likely to meddle with Tino. Right. But now they're meddling with Zach, and Zach's like head over heels for her. So yeah. I guess it's playing right into her little princess plan. So like I said, she sends Ethan home. Ethan is also someone who's the front runner to be the bachelor next season. We never had an Asian bachelor ever. So that's true. Maybe it's time. And after his little baby back bitch commentary, I feel like he might at least be entertaining. Maybe. I don't know. That might be a turnoff for the uh, Bachelor Nation. We'll see. Probably not. People Probably love not. it. So many memes. Yeah. So we will talk to you next week for Hometowns. Yeah. And we will also give you 
a better idea of who we think are going to win this whole... I feel like hometowns really makes you see how they can or can't fit in each other's lives. Sometimes I they go to the family, they go to the hometown, mm-hmm. and then like the person's not a front runner. And then like I see how their family and how they're interacting in a comfortable environment to them. Yeah. And I'm like, they're like perfect for each other. But she's not going to choose this person because she already made up in her mind or he already made up in his mind who he's going to choose. But they're like perfect for each other. And that's not going to happen because she already or he already made up her mind. I think the family dynamics I'm most excited to see on Gabby's side, at least, because I feel like Rachel, like she's made up her mind kind of regardless, unless Tino's family is just horrible to her or Zach's family is horrible to her. But I am excited to see Eric's hometown. Because I don't know too much about his family dynamic. And I'm also excited to see Jason's hometown. To see, like, how he shines. Eric is, uh, comes off as kind of a complex character. However, I don't know if it's because he's depressed. And a lot of times when people are depressed, it's like, they have intrusive thoughts. They are Mm -hmm. overthinking things a lot of times. But, like, also more reserved and, like, less quick to act. And, like, so that's why I'm, like, getting that kind of vibe from him. But I don't know if that's just like his It could just be editing as well. Like, they just don't show him very much. So I'm very curious to see how he interacts. I would imagine being around family members and things like that are going to make him like shine. Like, yeah, more vibrant character. Cool. So we will talk to you next week for all of that.